Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. How many is thankful to be in the kingdom of God? We love you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody give him a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to be getting in verse number 1. The Bible says... Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures." said, Brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. And then he tells us what the gospel is. He said that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. I want to teach for a few moments on this subject, just simply entitled the gospel. The gospel. Would you set your Bibles down, lift up your hands, and let's pray all across the building. Hallelujah, hallelujah, somebody pray. Hallelujah, you're a good God. And we magnify you, Jesus, and we praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Shake your neighbor's hand and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Let me just... Uh, be the first say, man, it's good to be home. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's a weird feeling going back to where I was raised, and usually I like being there, and but I landed, and I was like, man, I got to get out of here. People cutting me off, and people going crazy, and yeah, but man, I'm I'm glad to be home. Hallelujah. So I'm going to talk about the gospel here today. Let me start with uh, Matthew chapter six and verse sixteen and verse twenty-one. I want to start by talking about the fact that Jesus did not die by happenstance. Jesus did not die because he got unlucky. Jesus did not die because he was evil, nor did he die because you know he tripped over a rock. No. Jesus died on purpose. His death was intentional. And I will tell you that the way he died was also very intentional. You know, many have thought, and at least I did when I first got saved, why, why didn't Jesus come 4,000 years ago? Why didn't Jesus come 10 years ago? You know, why did Jesus, uh, why was it this way? And, and as you read through the Bible, you start to get the patterns. You start to get the, the motifs through the scriptures. And as you read through 
uh, all the sacrifices of the blood of bulls and goats and turtle doves and all these. Uh, you start reading about uh, the scapegoat, and, 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 and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, when you're reading it. But as you read through the Bible and then you get to Jesus, uh, it starts to make a whole lot more sense. Amen. And, uh, and, and, and the way that he died was very intentional. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21. The Bible says, From that time forth began Jesus to show his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and to be killed and raised again the third day. Jesus knew what was going to happen to him, and he purposely started telling his disciples this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go into Jerusalem because I understand the, 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 what's really being said in the Bible, that there's got to be a sacrifice that is given. And I'm going to go before the chief priests because just like in the Old Testament, the sacrifice had to show itself before the priests. And then I'm going to die. But there is a difference between the death of Jesus and the death of bulls and goats. He's not just going to die. He's not just going to be killed by the priests. Hallelujah. But he's going to raise again the third day. John chapter 2 and verse number 19. Hallelujah. John chapter 2 and verse number 19. Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple. And in three days will I raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was the temple in building. Wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them. And they believed the scriptures and the word which Jesus had said. Jesus is looking at, at, at the temple and at place of worship. And he is letting them know that you can destroy this temple, speaking of his body, and I will raise it up in three days. Again, letting his disciples know that I will die. They will destroy me, but in three days I will get back up. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 23. The Bible says, speaking of Jesus, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, Ye, ye have taken, and by wicked hands ye have crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. That's a powerful scripture. You killed him, but death couldn't hold him. Hallelujah. You tried to destroy him, but death was not going to win. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 15. So we're seeing Jesus is describing what he's going to do. I'm going to die. They're going to kill me. And then in three days, I'm going to rise up. You could destroy or kill this temple, this individual, this body. And in three days, I will raise again. Acts chapter 2 is showing that there was a fulfillment of what Jesus said. And he says, you have killed him. But God raised him up. And then he begins to say this in Romans chapter 1 and verse 15. So as much as in me I am ready to preach the gospel unto you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation unto, unto salvation to everyone that believeth in the Jew first and also to the Greek. So now 
we've got Jesus saying, I'm going to die. And this is how I'm going to die. And then he tells them, you can destroy me, but I will get up in three days. And then they go to Acts chapter 2, and he says, you killed him, but God raised him. And now Paul is going across the, across the globe, the known world, and he's preaching what we call the gospel, the good news. And he says, it's the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 39. And so what do we know that gospel to be? We know that we read through 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And Paul is letting us know what the gospel is. It is that Jesus died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. That is the gospel message. When we say gospel, we mean good news. And that is the good news for every individual. So what I want to do for the next little bit when I talk about the gospel I'm going to talk about the gospel, but I'm going to talk about it from the perspective that Paul gave, that the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection. And anybody that tells you the gospel is something different than the death, the burial, and resurrection, they have given you a lying gospel. They have given you a false gospel. Well, all i got to do is accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. They have not given you the gospel. You are not going to attach yourself to Jesus with that gospel. Amen. So, Matthew 12 and 39. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, but there shall be no sign given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. We see the death, the burial, and the resurrection in the story of Jonah. We see the gospel message in the story of Jonah. And Jesus is saying that there will be no sign given but that which was given to the prophet Jonah. He was three days in the belly of the well. Let me talk about that for a moment. You have Jonah who is running from the will of God, out of the will of God. And, and, and he's told to go preach to a people in Nineveh. And he takes himself, after they find out he's a preacher, I could preach on that, <laughs> trying to hide from his call, but, but he, he gets thrown out of the boat. So there is, uh, he goes down in the deep and he is dying. And as he's going down to the deep and there is a dying process that's happening, he is swallowed up by a great fish. And he is in the belly of this fish for three days. And then, after that, three days and three nights, he is resurrected. He is spit back up on land. What was dead and, and, and lost and thrown away is now resurrected. And Jesus is saying, so shall I be in the belly of the earth. And what he's saying is, they're going to kill me. I'm going to be buried. And I will rise again. Just like Jonah died. He was buried and he rose again. Just like every Christian will die, will be buried, will be rose again. Because that is the gospel message. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. The Bible says, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, 
being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which he also went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Again, there is a look at Jesus, and there is a look now. It's one thing to see and to be in Noah's position building a boat and seeing rain fall for the first time and not know what's happening and to see as the rain is descending and, and, and people are dying all around him. There's death everywhere. But he is entombed, if you will, in this ark. And as that ark rises above the water, he doesn't know what's going on. All he knows is that I am alive in here. I, I, they put me in here, and I should be dead, but I'm alive in here. And then he's laying on dry ground, and he, God opens the door, and he comes out, and there is a new day. There is a new life. Amen. And, and, and he didn't see it. He looked, and all he saw was rain and floods and trouble and people dying. But we look back all these years later, and we see, just like Jesus, there was death, and then there was a burial, and then there was a resurrection. And we can now see the gospel message all the way through. There has got to be a death, there's got to be a burial, and there's got to be a resurrection. And the beautiful thing about the Bible is they look back and they see this gospel message. And they start already, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but they start already aligning us with what it's like. And he says, that's like baptism. It's not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. No, no, it's, 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 it's the answer of a good conscience. And, 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 and it's the resurrection that comes by Jesus Christ. And we already start seeing in our lives there's got to be a death. There's got to be a burial, and there's got to be a resurrection. If you haven't gone through that, you have not obeyed the gospel. Let's go and move forward. Uh, let's talk about this for a moment. We could talk about, and I, I got more, more time because we can go through the Old Testament. We can go chapter and chapter and verse, and we can go all the different sacrifices. But you're going to find this. Death, burial, resurrection. We already talked about it last time. Blood, water, spirit, repentance, baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You're going to see this all the way through the Bible. But one of the, one of the times we look and we see Israel coming out of Egypt, this is where you see what's happening. There is the death of all the firstborn sons in Egypt. But there's no death in the camp of Israel because they killed a lamb. And they took the blood of the lamb and they put it over their doorpost. And then they go to the sea. And the Bible says they're all baptized unto Moses in the sea. And Israel goes through the water, if you will, and, and all of Pharaoh's armies are buried underneath the water. And then they walk in newness of life being led. The Bible says they were all baptized in the, in the sea and in the cloud. They were baptized in the cloud, baptized in the spirit. And they are walking in the spirit, if you will. They are walking in newness of life. They are no longer slaves, but they are the children, the sons and daughters of Israel. They are the sons and daughters of God. They were slaves to sin, slaves to the world. They were, they were just going to always be that way until there was a death, 
until there was a burial and until there was a resurrection. And now they can walk in newness of life and have victory. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. Death, burial, and resurrection all the way through the Bible. But I want to talk about how you see death, burial, and resurrection in nature. John chapter 12 and verse 24. Jesus is saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Skipping over to Mark chapter 4 and verse 26. Thank you, Brother Johnson. I'm giving him a lot of fun here today. Mark 4 and 26, the Bible says, once we get it up there, hallelujah. I'm making him flip quick. All right, there we go. And he said, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, and after the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. And what you are seeing every time, and, and, and I know in our culture, we just run through McDonald's. We, we don't see where our food comes from. But, but the first culture was agriculture. And they got a chance to see it. And there's a reason for that. When God put Adam in a garden, that's where he put him, as a gardener. He put him, and he wanted him to see from the very beginning. See, some people think God was coming up with a backup plan. Oh, no, Adam and Eve, if they fail me, what am I going to do? I don't know. This is, this is too great for me. No, the minute Adam and Eve sinned, he said, where are you, Adam? Because I've got blood. I've got water. I've got spirit. I've got death. I've got burial. I've got resurrection. I've got newness of life. You might be dead, but in your sins and in your trespasses, but I've got life for you. And so God was not concerned by this, but he wanted Adam every time he tilled that ground. Every time he put seed in that ground, he wanted him to see the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Every time he was trying to get a harvest, he wanted him to see that you can't have a harvest unless the seed falls to the ground and dies. Unless there's a death. And, of course, we know Jesus is telling his disciples about himself. And how many knows when you plant one seed, you don't get one seed back? When you plant an apple seed, you don't get an apple back. You get an apple tree. And Jesus is saying, they're going to kill me. I'm going to be buried, and I'm going to rise again. But because I rise again, you can rise again. And I'll be the firstborn among many brethren. And I'll be the first one to die. But every person that comes after me, they're going to die. They're going to be buried. They're going to be rose again. And then we're going to fill the earth with this gospel. And he begins to tell them that this corn of wheat falls, and there is a death of that seed. And then that seed gets buried under the dirt, and germination begins to happen. And there's a lot, of, there's a lot going below the surface. There's a lot that you don't see. And just like Peter said, talking about Jesus, he was in the belly of the earth. And Jesus wasn't there taking a nap. He was preaching to the spirits that were in prison. And he was preaching, and he was trying to preach people out of hell. And, 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 and he was there, and there was something nobody saw, but it was still working. And I could preach about this, that there, there's death, burial, and resurrection in more than just salvation. In every Christian's life, there's death, burial, and resurrection through their Christian walk. 
There's things God is planting, and it seems like the promise has died, but he's saying there's something working under the surface, and I'm about to bring it forth in resurrection power. Because that's the gospel. The gospel doesn't just save you. The gospel is how we live. The gospel is what we breathe. Amen. But you see that this seed goes in the ground. They bury it. You don't see what's happening. But it begins to grow roots. And then the Bible says that it begins to spring forth. It's first the blade. Then it's the ear. And then the full corn of ear. And then in comes harvest time. And really right now, church, this is where we are. We're in the place where we're saying, God, we're going to let the seed fall to the ground. That's, that's why God hasn't come back for his church yet. Because we got a lot of lost people in our city. Amen. That we are trying to get them to go through the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Amen. Genesis 8 and 22. So you see the death, burial, resurrection in agriculture. Then he promised this. While the earth remaineth, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. You don't have to look any further than the sunrise. You don't have to look any further than the sunset. You don't. You start seeing it every morning you wake up, the sun begins to rise again. Every time you go to bed, that sun is going down and it goes below the horizon and it gets dark and that sun looks like it was buried below the mountains. And then that next morning it rises again. God was letting us know every day, every day there's a death, there's a burial, and there's a resurrection. But then he lets them know, just like the seasons, you've got fall, all the leaves fall to the ground, all the seeds fall off the tree, and the, the fruit that was once there for the eating is now rotten, and it seems like it's dying and decaying. But, but what we don't see is that it's getting buried under the foliage and buried under the dirt, and, and it's planting itself. And then you go through the winter, and the snow covers it, and there's a burial of snow, and there's a burial of hard soil, and, and, there's, and then springtime comes. And then you start to see flowers blooming again. And God is letting us know every year in nature, doth not nature itself teach us. There's a death, there's a burial, and a resurrection. I don't want anybody to leave this room and ever look at a sunrise and a sunset the same way. I want you to look at that sunrise and say, one, one Sunday morning, there was a tomb that was opened. There was, there was a dark night last night, but, there, that, but joy came in the morning. And, there was, and now there is, there is a sunrise, and now there is Jesus coming up out of that tomb. And now I might be dead in my trespasses and sins in the darkness of sin, but there is light coming. Every time we go through the bitter cold winter or the, the, the leaves, they change color and they start dying and falling off the tree. Don't ever look at that the same. I want you to see Jesus. I want you to see Jesus. And, and we're about to hit springtime. I want people to start seeing, seeing those, those, those flowers blooming and those, that fruit coming forth and, and all those things and start saying, that's just like my life. I was dead in trespasses and sins. I was buried in the name of Jesus. And now I'm a Christian. Hallelujah. We join him and we accept the gospel when we obey the gospel. When we join him in the death, burial, and resurrection. We're going to pull up our main verse one more time. We're about ready to celebrate Easter. And it's going to be awesome. Brother Evangelist Justin Poindexter is going to be preaching to us. So make sure you bring some friends. But what I'm teaching you to hear today, this is what it's all about. And if you didn't know any of this, 
can take some notes and you can go find somebody and tell them, hey, this is what Easter is all about. It's not about bunnies and it's not about, hey, if you want to go out and do an Easter egg hunt, awesome. I'm all about it. I used to love that as a kid. But it's, it's really about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. But it's not just about that. Easter loses its power if it dies with Jesus' resurrection. It loses its power if people don't join themselves to that gospel. Let's read. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. So people have received this. They stand in it. By which you are saved. Okay, you're saved by the gospel. Anybody got that wrong? Okay, make it sure. You're saved by the gospel. We've talked about what that gospel is. If you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I declare unto you, first of all, which I have received, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So there's a death. And then he was buried. There's a burial. And then he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. This will make this verse make a whole lot more sense. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. He got done telling them, you killed Jesus. But death couldn't hold him. And he rose again. And then he gets to this part. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God has made this same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked. They were convicted in their heart. They realized what they had done. They had killed their Messiah. And, and, and they said unto, unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? We realize we made a mistake. What do we do? You just got done preaching the gospel that Jesus died, that we buried him, but you then told us he resurrected. But what do we do with the gospel? Then Peter said to them, repent. Wait, you mean I don't have to get, I don't have to die physically? You don't have to put me in a grave and then God will resurrect my dead bones from a grave? No. I'm going to tell you how you obey the gospel. This is how you go through the death, burial, and resurrection. This is how you follow the gospel. Amen. You repent. That's a death to self. That's a death to sin. That is, that is, that is the cutting of the animal. That is the shedding of blood. That is, that is aligning yourself with Jesus died for our sins according to the scripture. Repent and be baptized. That's the burial. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the washing away of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So when you do that, you have aligned yourself with the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Hallelujah. Let's see what they did with this. And the Bible says, for the promises unto you and to all your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. And what did they do after they heard the gospel? Did they go and die physically? No. They that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added to them about 3,000 souls. When you hear the preaching of Jesus, you've got to join yourself to the death, the burial, and the resurrection by repenting, being baptized in his name, and being filled with the Spirit. We must join him in his death, burial, and resurrection. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12. Wherefore, the Bible says, as by one man sin entered into the world, that's Adam, and death by sin. And so death passed on all men, for that all have sinned. This is, a, a, this is because we have fallen. For until, until the law, sin was in the world. But sin was not imputed where there is no law. We'll talk about that another time. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. They didn't go eat fruit. No, they sinned in other ways. Who is the figure of him that is to come. 
Okay, let's skip down to verse number 17. So one man sins and everybody dies. One man makes a mistake and everybody suffers from it, even though they didn't eat the fruit. Okay, even though they weren't in the similitude of his transgression, but they've all sinned. Nobody's perfect. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one. So it took one to get us in this mess. It's going to take one to get us out of this mess. And he's talking about he was the Adam was the figure of him that was to come. The one that plunged us into death, plunged us into sin. There's one that's coming that's going to get us life. Amen. And so he says that uh, that shall reign in life by one. Who is that? Jesus Christ. He's the second Adam. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men unto condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men under the justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. This is why the, power, the powerful gospel message of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is so important that we join ourselves to that one man. We were all born of Adam, and though we never ate the fruit, we still got the unrighteousness that was passed and imputed from Adam's bloodline. And that's why every person's got to join themselves to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because we were all the transgressors, the Bible says, in Adam. But now that we can get ourselves joined to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So by the, the disobedience by one, many were made unrighteousness. So by the obedience of one, many will be made righteous. The powerful thing about the gospel, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is that when we join him in that, it's as if we're leaving, we're dying to our birth in Adam, our first birth. Uh, you put your last name there, Hood. Amen. I leave Hood behind. Gosh, I still can't leave the Hood behind, but I leave Hood behind, and now I join myself to Jesus. I leave Adam behind, and I join myself to Jesus. That's why we call it being born again. Amen. Romans 6 and 1. Hope this is all right for teaching here this morning. Afternoon, I'm still travel mind. Hallelujah. Romans 6 and 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Rhetorical question. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? Hold on. Death. How do we die to sin? We repented. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. So we've died when we've repented, we've joined ourselves, we've been buried with him in baptism, okay? That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. There's a resurrection. Let's keep going. For if we have been planted, talked about the seed earlier, planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That's when you repent. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. 
Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, uh, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. There's a lot there we could go into. We, got, we don't have the time for it. Uh, but suffice it to say, it's letting you know that if you have gone through the death, you don't have to be a slave to sin anymore. If you've been buried, we don't have to worry about it. You've been buried with him, and, and, and he won't leave you in that grave. He won't leave you in that tomb. Uh, he will bring you up out of that tomb. There is a resurrection, and that resurrection is when we are filled with the Holy Ghost. You die to sin through repentance. You are buried with baptism, and you are filled and resurrected through the power of the Holy Ghost, and you walk in newness of life. And now sin doesn't have dominion over you. Where we all know the wages of sin is death. We all deserve death, but you can't kill a dead man. You can't kill a dead man. You can't come after some. Hey, you come after me, I'm already dead. You can't punish me for the crime if I'm dead. You can't come after me if I've already if I've already gone through the judgment of death. Uh, that's the powerful thing about resurrection, about repentance. You can repent of your sins now, and you don't have to wait for judgment later. You're judging it right now. The Bible says some men's sins go before them, and some follow after. In other words, some some people have gotten their sins taken care of now, and it's going before them, and, and, and it's going to get to Jesus, and Jesus is going to say, don't worry, my blood covers it. And there's others that say, well, I'm fine. I don't need the gospel. I don't need to repent. And they'll go to heaven. They'll get there first, and, and they'll say, see, I'm perfect. I'm good. I've got all this righteousness. And then as they're standing before Jesus, all their sins come following after them. I would rather die now. Amen. In repentance, then go into what the Bible says is the second death. Amen. Hallelujah. Colossians 2 and 12. We're almost done here this afternoon. The Bible says we are buried with him in baptism. Anybody who tells you you don't need to be baptized is they have never read their Bible. Billy Graham, I don't care who it is. Oh, you don't need that. You'd have to skip over so many. I don't even have time to go through all the you would have to skip over so many verses. You'd have to skip over the entire Old Testament. You'd have to go and say, well, okay, we've got all we need to do is accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. Like, you know, kind of like in the Old Old Testament when they, they just received the sacrifice. You know, they didn't kill it. Nothing happened. They didn't put it on an altar. There was no labor of water, you know. They, in other words, they have to rewrite the Old Testament. But we know, yes, the priest accepted that sacrifice. Then he killed that sacrifice. Then he goes to the labor of water, and there is a washing. And then he goes into the presence of God. There's a death. There's a burial. There's a resurrection. There's blood. There's water. There's spirit. There is repentance. There is baptism. And there's the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Anybody who tells you you don't have to go that way is not telling you the truth. Because we are buried with him in baptism. Well, I've not been baptized. You've not been buried. You're a zombie. You're a dead man walking. And if you've not been buried with him in baptism, you're not going to be resurrected. In fact, there was those that got the Holy Ghost before they were baptized. In Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles, and, and Peter said, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Can anybody say no to water? Can anybody say, say no to, to they've, got, they've got the Holy Ghost. Can anybody say, I don't need to be buried? 
I don't need my sins remitted. I don't need my sins washed away. Listen, that is the error of the charismatic church, that you can speak in tongues, you can get the Holy Ghost, and the reason God gives them the Holy Ghost before they've got the revelation of Jesus' name, baptism, is because the Bible says the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. And I, I hope to God that the Baptist gets the Holy Ghost. I hope the charismatic gets the Holy Ghost. I hope the Catholic gets the Holy Ghost. Not so they can have good shout music and wear nicer suits than us. No. The reason I hope they get the Holy Ghost is so God can tell them, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? And the Bible says that Peter commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because you've got to be, you got to be buried. Buried with him in baptism. Amen. Let me get back to my verse. Bear with him in baptism wherein you are risen, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all your trespasses this is beautiful anybody who says they don't want to be baptized they're out of their mind blotting out okay that's it that's 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 we don't have any more we got these nice pens that don't leak but they would take an ink quill and they would they would they would have to dip it in this thing uh, this uh, the I can't think of the ink they dip it in the ink, and they would begin to they would begin to write things. But when somebody blotted out, they would they would realize they made an error on the paper. And they take that oil, they take that anointing, hallelujah. They take that spirit, they take that blood, they take that 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 ink, and they would drip it on there, and it would cover the word that was there. Oh, fornicator, don't worry, that's covered. Oh, oh, liar, cheater, thief, it's covered. And, 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 and when he's saying when you're baptized, it's like you're going under the ink. It's like you, you're being covered by the blood of Jesus. So, he says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Those nails didn't just kill him. No, those nails, he was saying, here's my blotting of every sin. Every time they hammer that nail in, they're saying every, every liar, every cheat, every thief, right through. I'm going to blot it out. Having, having, and having, I love this part, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. I know that King James can get a little confusing at times, but he's saying, you nailed me to this cross, but you didn't realize you were blotting out the very sins of the people you're trying to destroy. You nailed me to this cross, but you didn't realize there's going to be a church in Carson City. You, you nailed me to this cross, but meth addicts were getting delivered. You nailed me to this cross, but liars, cheats, and thieves were changing. You, and it was blotting out the very transgressions. It was blotting out the very sins. And, and, and he said that I triumphed over in it. He, he, the Bible says he made a show of them openly. He made fun of them. Because the Bible says had they only known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Had they known that this seed dying would produce a whole tree, they'd have never killed him. If in, one, in the death of one Jesus, there'd be millions of Jesuses on the earth. In the death of one son of God, there'd be many sons and daughters of God. They'd have never killed him. They'd have left Jesus to live forever and never be our sacrifice. But he realized, you didn't, you, you didn't realize what you were doing, but I realized. That's why the Bible says it was for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You go ahead and pierce me, but you're going to blot out their sins. You go ahead and stab me in the side, but you are going and you're taking their sins. It's like a quill, and you're just blotting out every mistake they've ever made. That's the gospel. Galatians chapter 3 and 27. Hallelujah. 
Galatians 3 and 27. The Bible says, For as many of you as, be, as, many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, you were, the Bible says, for the remission of sins, the washing away of our sins. But just as you went under the water, it's as if the blood of Jesus went over you. And, 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 and it's, it's putting on Christ. It's, it's as if Adam and Eve are there with fig leaves. And God says, get rid of the fig leaves. And he covers them in a sacrifice. And he covers them in the blood of the sacrifice. And here we are, when Jesus looks at us, when he, could, when he should see fig leaves, when he should see sins, when he should see nakedness, when he should see failure, when we've been baptized into Christ, we put on Christ. And now all he sees is the bloody sacrifice. All he sees now is the blood of the Son. All he sees is, 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 is forgiveness. All he sees is mercy. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I, I was so thankful the day I got baptized. And I was even more thankful when I realized all of it. So when we baptize people, don't think we're just dunking them in water. We're not, it, it's not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. We're not giving people a bath. I'm, some people, we, maybe we should baptize some people some more. But well, maybe we'll throw them a bar of soap while they're in there. But we can do twofold. But at the same time, people see water. But, but just like that labor of water, that priest had bloody hands. And the blood and water was mixed, just like the blood and water that came out of Jesus' side. That's how the church was formed. We're a church of blood and water. And, 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 there's, there's, and, and people don't see that. We don't see the blood and the water, but God does. He doesn't, we don't always see what's really being washed in those waters. We don't, we don't really see all of what's happening in those waters. We don't see the sins that are coming off, but God does. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 20. First Corinthians 15 and 20. The Bible says, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. There are religions of death. Catholicism is one of them. No offense to anybody. We worship dead saints, pray to dead saints. It's a religion of death. Just travel to Louisiana, the oldest Catholic, whatever. It's, it's just a dead area. And, and, it, and there's a lot of religions of death. We are not a religion of death. We are a religion of life. Amen. We believe in repentance. There's, there's, there's people like the Baptist. Bless God, Southern Baptist. We can come and hammer all that you've done wrong. And they'll tell you you're just a devil and you're a sinner. That's not what we are either. We, we understand that this is a process. And it's a process of death to sin. You've got to die to sin. Anybody who tells you, oh, you're fine. You're good. They're lying to you. You've got to die. Because there's got, Jesus has already died for you in the physical. And he's saying, join me in death because the wages of sin is death. There's a payment being pay, being made, and just like the Old Testament sacrifices, when you lay your hand on that scapegoat, there's two goats there. One, they're going to sacrifice, and the other one gets set free. Oh, y'all didn't get to that. All right. Jesus came, and it is the, it is the equalizer. He's saying, okay, you are going to transfer your sins over here, and this one gets to be free. Yes, this one's going to be di dying. There's a connection here. There's a connection when you repent. 
there's a connection when you're baptized. There's a connection when you are filled with the Holy Ghost and resurrected. And then one gets to go free, and you get to walk in newness of life. This is the only death you get to walk free in. This is the only death you get to walk out alive. This is, this is the only burial you get to come up out of that grave. This is the only resurrection that can make you live free for the rest of your life. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's stand all across the building. Hallelujah. All might have died in Adam, but all can live in Jesus. Everybody can live in Jesus. Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody worship him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. There's some folks that need some resurrection here today. You can have resurrection before Easter. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can walk in and feel like nothing's happening, but you can have resurrection power on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, every day. You can walk in newness of life. You can walk in resurrection power. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, we are not a religious entity. We're just here. We go about our rites and rituals. You, you know, there's some folks who need to go home today and pick this Bible up. And when you read about turtle doves, goats, bulls, you need to see Jesus in that. And when you see Jesus' death, you need to say, man, I, he died for my sins according to the scripture. And he didn't just die for me so I could stay in my sin. Don't make the death of Jesus in vain. You've got to take those sins and say, God, forgive me. I repent. And he didn't just get to that grave for nothing. No, he was doing it symbolically. You know, they could have left Jesus on that cross. They did that to all the people they crucified. They'd leave him up on that cross for months. But Joseph of Arimathea said, I've got a tomb. It, 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 it's not even his tomb. I mean, it's a borrowed tomb because he's not going to need it very long. They buried him. You've got to see baptism right there. And then you've got to look at the fact that he rose again. And he looked down the road, every single individual in this building. Well, I haven't got the Holy Ghost yet, preacher. You can have it. Because God doesn't want to leave you in the grave. I said God doesn't want to leave. Well, I haven't got the Holy Ghost yet. You can walk in newness of life here today. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost because that's the gospel. Somebody lift up your hands one more time. Oh, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's magnify him. Is anybody thankful for the gospel? I know some people think it gets old, and I know some folks think it's just 2,000 years of religiosity. No, I'm thankful for the gospel. It was the gospel that saved my life. It was the gospel that washed my sins away. It was the gospel that got me to walk a new life and a new path. It was the gospel. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, somebody give him a hand clap of praise. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Let's take this gospel message and share it with everybody.
your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers. Everybody needs to know there's newness in life. Amen. We're going to take a moment. If you need to get a drink of water, feel free to go get a drink of water. We're going to take time. We're going to pray in here. If you want to fellowship, again, we're doing church clean here in a moment. We'll have a little more space in the back to fellowship. But you can go out those doors and down the hall a little bit. Uh, there will be a time of fellowship. If not, just stay in here and pray and have a wonderful time of prayer. Let's get ready to have some worship and preaching in the name of Jesus. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another.